Hi, this is Paul, and this is Rough Draft for Sunday, where I run through the current version of my Sunday sermon. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and clobber wayward Israel. That might be one way to summarize the initial prayer of Habakkuk when he saw that Israel wasn't living up to her calling or her covenant. Nebuchadnezzar was called a servant of the Lord, and he came from the north and would smash the wobbly the good, and even the temple itself. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and put one of us at the center of the reins of power. This might have been one way to summarize what happens in the book of Esther. To use the wealth, the power, the privilege of empire to make new sons of Israel, to scare our enemies so that they never try to harm us, and to exact revenge on all that might threaten ourselves and our posterity. That happened in the book of Esther. It didn't seem to end the continual threat against God's covenant people. King Ahaz basically said, Don't come, don't come, Emmanuel. Um... I forgot one of the comes there on the slide. The Assyrians will do just fine. We'll just take these sketches of the altar to the, Assy um, to the Assyrians, um, clearly superior gods, those who clearly are getting the results we're looking for. We'll modify that old temple from Solomon and help it to produce like it never has before. One person's Pax Romana is another person's imperial occupation. In the days of Caesar Augustus, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Census was, of course, for the purposes of taxation, and that had sparked Jewish revolts at other points. People don't, people, you come sniffing around counting, people sort of know that the tax man comes afterwards. Now, Joseph might have owned property down south um, there in Judea, even if he was living in Nazareth. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Joseph was a godly man who sought to obey the law. He received and believed the angelic pronouncement, and now he travels reputationally under a cloud. This might not be seen by those who knew them as a model family, given the questions around Mary's pregnancy. Whose baby is that anyway? While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to their firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is usually sort of pitched as crowded Bethlehem, that maybe it was a management problem. But given the fact that, again, there's a cloud over this pregnancy, it might have been that family and relatives that would have taken Joseph in did not want any of this under their roof. Could that be the uptight family of godly Joseph? It didn't want to lend support to that awkward marital situation. The most spectacular Christmas display ever then comes in the field that night. If one angel reduces men to groveling in terror, what would a skyfold do? And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace on those to those on whom his favor rests. Now there's a lot of actual controversy about the shepherds. Um, pretty much standard in, I, I googled the shepherd's status and they were status, their, their status was essential workers. Somehow the COVID pandemic got retconned all the way back to all the way back to Bethlehem. There's some debate about the regard of the shepherds in biblical scholarship. Um, it's long been an idea that the shepherds were unworthy workers. Um, ideas from Aristotle, ideas from rabbis a couple centuries later. They worked with animals. Could they have been ceremonial and clean? But of course, shepherding is a dominant theme in the Bible, and it's a kingly theme. You find that with the patriarchs who are all shepherds. You find it with David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a kingly psalm. Shepherding is a kingly metaphor in Psalm 23 and other places in the Hebrew Scriptures. And what we find here is that the shepherds are praising God, just like young David in the fields. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now what's interesting is when you take a look at the whole passage and you sort of mark out all the elements that have to do with empire and Messiah and David and flocks and a pastoral context, the passage is just dripping with it. There's all of these images that this is communicating that this is in the continuity and the line of David, that this Jesus is born. It's in Bethlehem, the house of David, um, to Joseph, who is a descendant of David, and Mary's a descendant of David. It's David, David, David all over the place. And then, of course, the angels show up to the shepherds out in the fields, the same fields that we would imagine would be either the same fields or similar fields to where David was shepherding when Samuel came along looking for um, looking for the next king of Israel, and David gets overlooked. David, of course, is the overlooked son of Bethlehem until the Lord makes clear to Samuel, no, it's one that's not here. Do you have any others? Yeah, but he's still a kid. He's out there in the field shepherding. Call him. Overlooked while tending the sheep. King Saul would try to take his life. David won't raise a sword against the unworthy king of Israel. And David would deliver Israel from the dominion of the Philistines by the sword. Jesus is an unreceived son of Bethlehem. He had a manger for a bed, reinforcing the animal husbandry theme that's going on here. The unworthy king of Judea, Herod the Great, would try to take his life. We'll get at that a little bit later. Jesus won't raise the sword even against illegitimate Herod. Herod obviously sees him as a threat and will try to kill him. Same as Saul. 
How will Jesus conquer Israel's new oppressors, far larger and stronger than the ancient Philistines? Now, the messianic tensions remain. We've been talking about them through Advent. We want and need deliverance, and we want and need it now. Pain in this world is very real, and loss and injustice are endemic. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and rescue ravaged Israel, and while you're at it, the rest of the world too. But Jesus will be a better David, depending on what you think of as better. Now David would kill Goliath, and David would become king, and David would have Bathsheba, and David would repress the Philistines and the Edomites and the other and the Moabites and the other surrounding neighbors, and David would be the great king, one after God's own heart. Jesus will be hung on a cross, and for that he will become the king of the world. We don't run around saying David is Lord, but we do run around saying Jesus is Lord. We should go and do likewise as the shepherds of Bethlehem. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so on that note, have a Merry Christmas.